0: It's time for the sports mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Nick Verzellini and Colin McLaughlin.
1: It's a Thursday. September 28th, we welcome you in to the sports mix. Nick Verzellini, Kyle McLaughlin, happy to have you with us on the show today as we got a lot to talk about on the show. We're going to start things off with head coach of the Hedgesville Eagles, Matt Faircloth. We have some scheduling changes to announce on our end related to Hedgesville football. Uh, Damian Lillard was traded yesterday afternoon, so we'll talk about that impact on the NBA. Thursday Night Football tonight. You can hear it right here on Talk Radio WRNR between the Lions and the Packers. Clowney, Jadavion Clowney, news uh, about his revenge game against the Cleveland Browns this week. The Orioles are one win away from clinching, and Ronald Acuna starts a new 40-70 club. Colin, so how are you today?
2: Doing all right, as this segment brought to you by Brown Funeral Homes and Cremations. Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned, full-service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880. Looking forward to the show, and let's kick it off with the head coach of the Hedgesville Eagles, Matt Faircloth, as we were joined by him yesterday afternoon. We're now joined on the sports mix by the head coach of the Hedgesville Eagles, Matt Faircloth, Coach Faircloth, before we get into Last week's game and previewing uh, this week's game, want to talk about the update on Mumford Field and some scheduling changes that you guys have to make?
0: Yeah, I mean, our, our homecoming game uh, next Friday will be played at Jefferson. Uh, Jefferson was nice enough to let us use their facility while they're playing away. Uh, and then those uh, next two home games, the possible one, but we'll be playing at Jefferson University.
1: Coach, obviously, you know, you guys didn't plan to have to move games uh to Saturdays or having to play at different stadiums. um How do you think that affects your team, uh, kind of missing that home field advantage in terms of a typical Friday night? I mean,
0: I, I think you know, on a Friday night in football Stadium, I think it's one of the loudest places, and the most alleged places you can play. Uh, so we're definitely going to miss that. Um, the ones that I really feel bad for is our seniors. Uh, you know, our seniors didn't really get get to go out of the way uh, that most seniors do on their home field and, and go out in front of you know a pack house on a Friday night. So for us, it's gonna we're gonna try to do everything we can to get as many people down to Shepherd University to to support these guys and. And all the adversity, you know, that that these guys have faced, and even our freshman and JV teams having to play all their games away now. So it, it's been a it's been a crazy couple of weeks.
2: All right, now that we got that out of the way, let's move over, talk about last week's game, your team able to go out there, get a 38-15 to win against Washington to improve to 3-2. and What were your takeaways? And just recap that game for us as well.
0: Uh, I mean, other than, the, you know, getting hit with the one trick play there at the beginning, I thought our defense played really, really well. Uh, got after, pursued the football, played with effort, uh, played together. Uh, offensively, you know, we struggled in the first half, uh, you know, Dalton lost contact there in the first uh, first three minutes of the game. Uh, so his vision was pretty blurry. So we tried to go to Ian Wolf early, uh, try to get some momentum. Uh, but once we got the run game established and opened up uh, DeMonte and a couple others getting some shots in, I think, you know, the, the offense really took all fours. Jake Young, you know, had a another really good game, three touchdowns rushing, and then Scott Bryant had one. So, I mean, we got the run game going for sure.
1: You mentioned uh, Harper having to play without the – or without his contact. Um, just what does that say about him as a leader and what he was able to do for you guys?
0: I mean, at the end of the day, you know, Dalton's a competitor. Uh, Dalton wants to play football. doesn't matter whether it's quarterback, running back, linebacker, D-line. He just wants to play football. And, you know, we – we got to that point when, you know, when he lost both his contacts that, you know, hey, let's, let's run the ball, let's keep it simple till so we can get his new contacts here, get them in. Um, just changed up the game plan a little bit. Uh, just put it on the defense to keep it, you know, within striking distance until we got everything rolling.
2: Let's look ahead now to this week, a big game for your team as you guys are at Jefferson this week. What have you seen from the Cougars so far on film?
0: I mean, really, really fast, really athletic, uh, quarterback moves around really, really well, got a good arm, uh, strong physical guys up front. I mean, it, it's it's the Jefferson that you've seen in the last 12, 10, 12 years. I mean, they're they're really, really athletic, which that always gives us problems just because we don't have that many athletic guys that can run with those guys. So for us, really going to have to be disciplined this week and and stick to the game plan and, and give our, give ourselves a chance.
1: Coach, back to last week's game just for a second here. Uh, you guys come out of the second half and go with the onside kick. What went into that decision?
0: Well, I mean, if you if, if you keep track of what we've been doing, I mean, the statistics show you get the onside kick back more than the other team recovers it. So, for us, it's just taking advantage, trying to get extra possessions, keep the ball out of their hands and, and – I mean, it worked out for us. I mean, we've been doing it pretty much all season. Uh, we're, adding some, we're adding some new wrinkles to it now. But at the end of the day, I know we give it. everybody's like, well, why would you give up short field? Well, I'll give up a little bit of short field if I can get the ball back.
2: Coach, back to my question about the uh, focus on this week's game. You mentioned uh, – trying to contain heritage uh what goes into trying to accomplish that this week what might be the strategy to not only contain him but also limit Keyshawn Robinson too offensively
0: Well, I mean you know you got Keyshawn you got uh you got Roper you got uh Wallace uh you got Delgado I mean and, and Rockwell I mean you got guys down there that across the board are extremely athletic and then you got a quarterback that can throw and run so for us it's you know, trying to keep him in the pocket as much as possible, trying to make him, you know, hit spots, hit windows, and and try to keep Keyshawn from getting free releases. And but at the end of the day, they're moving him around a lot, running back, wing, inside, outside. So you know, just making sure that he understands we got to know where he's at at all times, and got to understand that you know Keyshawn and and the quarterback ain't the only ones they have because they got some really really good athletes down there.
1: Coach, you had mentioned uh, a few weeks ago heading into that Hoover game, you had some injuries. Still had some last week. Uh, how's your team looking from a health perspective?
0: I mean, about as healthy as we can be. Uh, I mean, we lost some guys, uh, you know, with the the injury last week in that game with Demonte. You know, that's you know that's up in the air. and You know, and then we got Zakai hurt his ankle in that game. Jake's shoulder banged up. I mean, but at the end of the day, this is football and we, we know at this point in the season, you know, you're going to have some banged up guys. It's For us, it's, you know, finding that next guy, next guy mentality. And at the end of the day, we're going to line up and go play football.
2: Coach, at the halfway point in the season now, your team sitting at 3-2. and two When we talked at the beginning of the season after last year, getting to the playoffs for the first time in a few years you said the expectation now is playoffs. It's not playoffs or bust. The expectation is playoffs and wanting to get maybe even a home playoff game. Sitting at three and two, how do you keep those goals achievable in your program?
0: Well, I mean, the biggest thing is is for the rest of the season for us. I mean, every Friday night's a playoff game. Uh, we play in a tough conference. You know, we we got Jefferson this week, and we go we get Liberty, who, who's winning games in Maryland. We still have Musselman. Martinsburg and Spring Mills, so it doesn't get any easier for us, for sure. Um, but each Friday night, we got to take the field with, you know, if we lose, it could be over. We got to keep, keep grinding, trying to figure out how to get wins, and and at the end of the day, the goal is the standard playoffs. I mean, it's that's that's what we wanted to strive to. That's what the goal was set last year. It's what we reached, and that's what we're going to stay to.
2: All right, coach. Appreciate the time today, and good luck. All right, I appreciate it, folks. Thank you. That was the head coach of the Hedgesville Eagles football team and Matt Faircloth. And for those that maybe have just tuned in, if you are uh, and didn't get to hear the start of that interview, uh, we got an update from Coach Faircloth about Moomaw Stadium and the field there, which um, experienced a hole that formed, I believe, during a JV game. And unfortunately, because of that, the field will be, it looks like, unusable for the rest of the season. So all JV games are now road games for them. And then for varsity next week, the homecoming game will now take place at Jefferson. Since Jefferson has a road game, they were nice enough to allow Hedgesville to use the facility there. And then the two other home games remaining on the schedule for Hedgesville, that being October 13th, Between Hedgesville and Musselman will now be October 14th at 11 a.m. at Shepherd. And then the last one being between Martinsburg and Hedgesville, instead of it being Friday night, October 27th, that now is also 11 a.m. October 28th at Saturday at Shepherd, which means, Nick, that we have to make some schedule changes to. To our schedule because of that which is unfortunate but it gives us new opportunities of stuff that we have not done
1: yeah um so pretty much we're trying to figure out now which game we're going to pick up that friday since we have that commitment to shepherd uh we really can't you know bail on that to do the martinsburg hedgesville game which was literally on our schedule for that friday night now that it's a saturday morning game we just really can't do that since we have to cover the shepherd game i think you mean hedgesville musselman by the way that's what i said i thought but maybe maybe i said martinsburg Martinsburg. if i did say martinsburg i meant the hedgesville musselman game um so the uh, so we're debating now between spring mills university which would be a trip to morgantown or potentially going to winchester for the jefferson millbrook game just got to kind of figure out
2: some things on our end for that friday night um Yep, that Which will be the, the 13th. 13th of October, either Spring Mills at University or Jefferson at Millbrook. Uh, once we have that decided, we'll let it be known on our social media as well as right here. And then that Saturday, October 14th, as you said, Nick, we will be keeping the Shepherd at Millersville game with kickoff for that being at 2 p.m. And then the other change that we have to make with the Martinsburg game, Hedgesville game now moving to the 28th we will be adding a game for Musselman Friday October 27th it will be Musselman at Washington so we'll add that game to our broadcast schedule and have that for you Friday October 27th and then Saturday October 28th is where things get wild and interesting and we'll try to do our best for this not sure how things will go but looking forward to it because we'll have Martinsburg at Hedgesville Saturday, October 28th, kick off at 11 a.m. since it's at Shepard. They can't play night games there since Shepard does not have lights. And then joining in progress because Shepard kicks off at 2 p.m. against Bloomsburg. So we'll try to join that game in progress. You and Travis will be here at the studio trying to do that. Remotely, hopefully, if Bloomsburg allows us to use their video feed so that we are able to do that for TV10.
1: Yeah, so kind of a little bit different, but we did that before, and it worked out pretty well. So um, as long as Bloomsburg is complying with that, then that's what we'll do, which I don't see any
2: reason why they wouldn't, but hey, you never know. The interesting part is just joining in progress. That's something that that we haven't done before, but you will have two football games back to back on tv 10
1: yeah looking forward to it um you know be a little bit different like we said but you know we'll we're just trying to do as much as we can and, and continue to keep our you know promises that we would do every shepherd game and our promise that we would do every martinsburg game sometimes those conflict um so we just try to do our best
2: So there you go. Again, uh, once we have everything finalized with our changes, we will put that out on our social media platforms. But that is what we have for now because of these changes that Hedgesville had to make. With that, we will step aside take our first break here on the Sports Mix. As this segment brought to you by Parsons Ford at 1400 Shepherdstown Road in Martinsburg and online at ParsonsFord.com. They became number one by making you number one first. Parsons, back for more of the Sports Mix on the other side of this two minute break here on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. When I feel that chill, smell that fresh
0: cut grass. Now, back to the sports mix on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10.
1: We welcome you back on the sports mix. Colin is against my idea of high school football red zone.
2: Yes, I am.
1: It just isn't possible. It was a good idea in theory, but yeah, it's probably not possible. But it is, you know, kind of just back to our scheduling change for a second here. Um, You know, it does kind of stink because I think Musselman-Hedgesville is going to be a great game, but unfortunately we just can't do both of those and we already had prior commitments. So it is what it is, but, you know, I feel like those two teams are going to put on a great show. So if you can go and support, you know, those two teams, I encourage you to do so whether you're rooting for Hedgesville or Musselman, um, you know, just – and also losing – and for those kids, too. I mean, they're missing out
2: on home games. Yeah, they're missing Moonball. out on home games. They had to completely change, I believe, their time of their Hall of Fame banquet that was supposed to take place that game. They're doing that, I think, still Friday. But they're honoring at Shepherd at halftime, I believe, is what I saw those – being inducted into the Hedgesville Hall of Fame at halftime of that game now Saturday, October 14th still. But, yeah, definitely disappointing now having to make a trip, play Saturdays instead of Friday nights, and losing kind of that feel of a home game for either your homecoming, your senior night, and everything else that you cherish as a high schooler.
1: Yeah. So, you know, it's unfortunate for Hedgesville Um, as somebody that, you know, our high school didn't have lights until my, well, until my sophomore year, we didn't play every game at night. We had uh, mobile lights for a while. And then before that, you know, there was no night games at all at my high school. So we played Saturday and it's just not the same atmosphere. Um, Now they have a really nice facility, but it took a while. So, uh, you know, hopefully that also speeds up Hedgesville getting turf. So you can't have a sinkhole, I don't think, with turf. Hopefully not. But, um, you know, it's unfortunate and definitely feel for those kids. But moving on, um, we have NBA news, Colin. Some big NBA news. Damian Lillard has been traded, but not to the team that everybody thought he was going to, which was the (laughs) Miami Heat. He's headed to the Milwaukee Bucks, which I think this is a win for small market basketball teams because they now have two of the best players in the league in Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo. But this is definitely interesting because Miami has been known as a team that's been able to get stars to come there. Shaq, LeBron James, Chris Bosch but they've now missed out on several players kevin durant wanted to go to miami didn't happen um bradley beal wanted to go to miami didn't happen so they're stuck with still a good team but not the team they thought they were going to have with dame lillard and i think also this is a good sign that portland didn't just say hey you want to go here oh okay we gotta you know comply with that and send you they waited they found a better deal in their opinion. I don't know if it is a better deal necessarily. I mean, Tyler Hero, I think, is better than DeAndre Aiden as kind of the young centerpiece, but it's it's close. Uh, you also got Drew Holiday back, though, so I don't know if they're going to keep him or trade him. It sounds like they're going to trade it him. It does
2: sound like they're going to trade him.
1: So if you trade Holiday and you get something back for him that you like, I feel like it's a better trade overall for portland uh phoenix gets involved as well so they get some you know bench pieces that i think will help them it's an interesting trade though damian willard and giannis that's quite the duo plus they keep chris middleton
2: yeah it's definitely a surprising trade i as we kind of talked about earlier this week we knew it was coming because they wanted it to be done before uh practices start i believe um monday for the nba so but it seemed like all signs were pointing to Toronto, even though you had big name market teams in the East, Boston, Miami still interested, and it ends up being Milwaukee, which as you said is a win for the small market NBA, which is a good thing. I kind of like now, even though this still might be a super team that some people would consider because you have two of the best players in the NBA now on one team, but it's not something that would be a traditional or old super team i guess is what i'm trying to convey here in my argument for this because as you said it was typically you saw it being the big three in miami super team at golden state the lakers tried to do it brooklyn tried to do it boston had it for a few years and got a championship out of that but you haven't really seen it in the small markets which now you are because that's where the stars were Originally, because everybody's building up through the draft, which is a nice change to have, but at the same time, this does still feel like a potential super team. And as you went on to say, or at least put in the topics, and we'll get to, it kind of puts them as the favorites already yeah. before the season starts to win the championship.
1: And you know, I think there's a lot of good balance right now in the NBA. I agree. Where- you don't see too many teams with three superstars. A lot of duos, now um, you do see a couple three big threes, but I feel like for the most part, you're, you know, your teams are trying to build <clears throat> more so around two guys and then building their depth around those two guys. So Milwaukee does lose a few big things in this trade. The number one thing they lose is their defense from Drew Holiday. Dame is not going to play that same level of defense. Uh, he's kind of a mismatch out there with his size, so that hurts. But you do have Giannis on the back end, who can you know defend really well and protect the rim for you. So you still have some other guys that are good defenders. But losing Drew Holiday's defense, and he was arguably the second best player on the on the championship team for Milwaukee, so it's a big loss. And I felt bad for him too because literally yesterday or. The day before yesterday, he had said he wanted to be a buck for life, and then they traded him. So it's a tough
2: business. I feel like that happens a lot.
1: Yeah, it does. Um, There's some rumors that the Sixers want him, which he played there before. So at least he could go back there potentially. But um, I don't know if that's the situation you want to go into. But
2: But then in that case, it just – even with this trade the rich keep getting richer it, yeah it seems like i mean
1: the teams that are buyers are going to be the teams that are getting the yeah but it seemed like players. toronto
2: was the favorite and they were just barely a play-in team last year now he goes to milwaukee who finished first in the east
1: yeah i mean toronto though ben i lost saw Miami. a rumor that they weren't willing to offer siakam and og ananobi or scotty barnes so if that's true then like why would portland take that trade it's true it's like portland's got to do its best for them uh not really worry about the rest of the league they seem to be going into a rebuild you can build around deandre aiden even though he's not necessarily a great player but he's a really solid player and he was a number one pick so there's a lot of good things that aiden does provide um but you know he's still young too so I think if you can get something for Drew Holiday that you like, I think it's a good situation for Portland. Nurkic going to the Suns is kind of interesting in this deal. They get a big man for a big man. Um, They get Grayson Allen, which is, you know, a solid role player. So it's an interesting trade. I think Phoenix got a little bit better because we knew they had to move on from Aiden at some point, and they got some depth for him. So I think that will help them out. Um. In terms of if Milwaukee is the favorite to win the championship, I don't know, because I think it's going to take a little bit for Dame and Giannis to get used to playing together. So in the East, I feel like you still got to put Boston ahead of them just because they do have that familiarity for the most part still intact. Yes, they're adding KP to the mix, but I feel like their and team still has remember the Nuggets. played together a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying in the East.
2: Right, okay, that's fair.
1: Uh, in the West, the Nuggets are the team still, I think, overall, because they're the defending champs, but I could right. see a scenario where this duo of Lillard and Giannis is very similar to the duo of Jokic and Murray, and is
2: a better version of that duo in a lot of ways. Could definitely be, but as you mentioned a little bit earlier with the defense issue for Lillard, it could come back to haunt them potentially in the playoffs. I, I don't really see it haunting you too much in the regular season because it typically seems like less defense played in the regular season in my mind because of just it being the longer stretch. And then once you get to the playoffs, you see guys really try to pick it up. But if he's somebody that is lackluster defensively, I, I, that typically comes back to haunt you more in the playoffs, which is why I think even though the Bucks still won the east last year you saw him fall apart against the heat in round one
1: yeah i mean so, Giannis got hurt
2: that's also a weird true, situation but... um
1: i do think dame it's not an effort thing with his defense i think it's just more so his size makes him you know a tough tough to be a great defender at his size uh, in the nba so you know can he hold up enough Potentially. I think they'll be fine. I mean, what he's gonna give you offensively is a lot of great things, so that might make up for, you know, not having the size defensively to defend at a high level. Um I, I like this I like this trade for Milwaukee. It it seems yeah. like they got better and they didn't give up too much. You lose Drew Holiday. I like Drew Holiday as a player, but I think the aim is a clear overall upgrade.
2: Yeah, and now you just gotta hope if you're Milwaukee that holiday doesn't go to somebody else in the east that's a contender like yeah philly like maybe boston or miami maybe
1: That'd be but you knew that was Probably a possibility you yes. traded him, so i think it also keeps Giannis help happy because he hadn't committed long term to milwaukee necessarily i mean he's never said he would leave but he did say he would be open to it i think or something like that so if you keep Giannis happy i think that's a good thing because he is a generational talent that you can't afford to lose
2: so i think we're good on this segment colin think unless so, you think anything yeah. else? i don't got anything else unless you do no i'm good so all right let's step aside take a two minute break and on the other side of that break get into some nfl as got thursday night football tonight uh Got some rivalries on Sunday, that one being that we'll talk about the uh, Ravens and the Browns. But this segment brought to you by Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store anymore. Cabinets and design, bedding, outdoor living, family-owned and operated. Visit them today at 360 Hack Wilson Way and Martinsburg or online at Orsini's.com. Stay there till they forced us
0: out. It took the long way to your house. I can still... You're tuned into the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10.
1: Happy Thanksgiving tonight. Lions Packers a Thanksgiving Day preview as these teams will meet again on a Thursday in Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving. Gosh. Um but looking forward to it tonight should be a good game. Uh Packers obviously 2-1, and one, Lions 2-1, and one, two good teams. Just um, kind of funny that they play on Thanksgiving as well.
2: Yeah, it's funny that it's a Thursday night game and then you get to see them again on another Thursday for Thanksgiving at 12.30. But, hey, I- I'm all for it. This should be a good matchup. The Packers and Love, I think, have been definitely better than expected. And right now, the way things are going – in their division, these are the two favorites in the division right now, the Lions and the Packers, because so far it's been bad starts for the Bears and the Vikings. So we'll see. Uh, it looks like Detroit's favored on the road, but can love uh get the Packers to a win and say, hey, we're still the top dogs in this division.
1: Yeah, the Packers kind of um, got... I don't want to say lucky, but you know, Derek Carr went down last week when they were when Green Bay was down, I think seventeen nothing. Yeah, seventeen nothing at the time and the Packers rallied for eighteen point fourth quarter to win. So, you know, that helped them get to two and one, but they definitely have been solid. Jordan Love has shown some good things at times. I don't think he's, you know, a great quarterback, but I think he's pretty solid and, and a serviceable starter. Seven touchdowns to one interception is good. 69 QBR is all right. It's tied for sixth in the NFL. So.
2: I'm surprised he hasn't turned the ball over as much.
1: Yeah, his completion one percentage has been uh,
2: you know, a little low. All right, 53. you still kind of think being a young guy or first year starting that that's going to happen, but you also typically correlate that with turnovers, which hasn't happened. But
1: they've been in back to back one point games. So I think it will be close tonight. Detroit coming in, you know, they looked good in that Thursday night win over the Chiefs, but uh that was you know, kind of an asterisk win. I mean, I think anytime you beat the Pat Mahomes, it's a good win, so I didn't really want to use that word, but obviously Chris Jones wasn't playing and Travis Kelsey wasn't playing and Taylor Swift wasn't there, so That's true. Yeah. There's a lot of things that were going in the Lions' favor. Then they lose in overtime to the Seahawks and beat the Falcons by two touchdowns last week. So both teams have played, you know, in some close games. Um, I think we get another close one tonight. I would lean toward Detroit because I think they're the better team. They're the team I picked to win that division. But going to Green Bay is always tough, especially for a night game. So it could go either way. I'm intrigued by the matchup, though. I got Aaron Jones going in fantasy tonight he's coming off
2: injury hopefully he's able to play and it'll be interesting to see if they go with him more or dylan more
1: well dylan stinks have been saying yeah. that for like four no, years you're not
2: wrong there but still whenever he's been the guy and the other guy's coming off injury you still might try to split carry so
1: yeah but he's only getting like 2.7 yards of carry so That's not good you're right and so, part of that's on the line, I guess, but also part of it's probably on him, just not being very... I just think like Aaron Jones is way better. I don't know why they ever mess around with
2: A.J. Dillon, but that's just my opinion. Just seems like it's a division thing. They always want to have the wrong running back.
1: Yeah, the Lions like to do that too, right? They drafted Jameer Gibbs 12th overall or whatever it was, and they continue to
2: you know use David Montgomery a lot. I was mostly trying to make fun of Minnesota, but yeah, that's a good point, too.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's true, Minnesota did move on for their back, and now they're trading for Cam Akers. We'll see how that works out, but I don't know, who do you think wins tonight, Colin?
2: I'm going to say Packers at home. I think uh, Love somehow gets it done.
1: It does feel like one of those divisions where you're going to see a lot of teams split in the division, and it just kind of depends, I think, how good you think Detroit is. I think they're good, but I don't know if they're the best team in the NFC or anything crazy. Like, some people were really hyping them up. Um, I just think Jared Goff can only take you so far. Yeah. I think they'll win the division. I think they're the better team, or the best team in that division. They have the most experience uh, in, some, in some ways at the quarterback position. I mean, Kirk Cousins has more experience than Goff, I guess, but... You know, the Bears situation is bad, and the Packers are still learning with Jordan Love. So, and the Vikings have put themselves.
2: Yeah, I'm going Lions. And then I'm going Packers. All right.
1: And then you want to move on to the Javion Clowney?
2: Yeah, I was going to let you uh, take that since you're the Ravens fan.
1: Well, Javion Clowney said that there's no bad blood between him and the Cleveland Browns. I just thought this was interesting because the Browns and him. Had some issues at his at the end of his uh, tenure with the team. They pretty much suspended him the last game of the season. They benched him. They inactivated him after he said that the Browns were more worried about getting Miles Garrett into the Hall of Fame than winning games. Um, he has said he said that he sense has apologized to Miles Garrett. That kind of leaked out of the locker room that he had said that, and I don't know. I mean, I don't. I think there should be bad blood just because you're playing the Cleveland Browns. I think now that you're on our side, that should be extra motivation for
2: you. But in terms of does he still have bad beef with Miles Garrett, yeah, probably not. I think he's saying it so that he doesn't give them any added motivation. You don't want to be a distraction also at the same time, I think could be a reason why he's saying it, even though, as you said, it's a rivalry. You still want some bad blood motivating you, but you don't want to motivate – them the same way and you don't want to be a distraction to your teammates where every day the press is coming up to you asking about what happened last year and if this is still bad blood so you say no get it out of the way hopefully it's not asked again and don't be a distraction for your team come sunday
1: yeah that seems to be the right approach i think Clowney has done a nice job in baltimore so far he's getting pressures on the quarterback uh, doing a lot of good things that you know, I didn't really know if he could still do at his age and just how he's kind of looked to be on the decline recently, but he played really well so far. Uh, they just signed Kyle Van Noy to a contract yesterday, I believe, or two days ago. So that was a solid pickup um, to get him in and I think help this young group of pass rushers, especially with O.A. going down early. Don't know what his status will be for Sunday. So, yeah, I think the defense has been fine. The question for me it will continue to be, you know, how does the Ravens' offense hold up with their injuries if they're healthy? I know Linderbaum's practicing, Ronnie Stanley's practicing, so that helps, especially against that Cleveland pass rush and, and just how talented that Cleveland defense appears to be. But, you know, I'm hoping Clowney can have a good game, and I think there will be that extra motivation for him, even if he's denying it like you said. Um, because anytime you go out on kind of bad terms and – They kind of sat him out the last game of the year, and I guess, I mean, it's kind of in the past now, but I think part of it will be in the back of his mind, like, hey, he wants to prove them wrong for letting
2: him go. Speaking of bad blood, another kind of segue here for another matchup this week that we won't touch on too much, but since we got time, might want to touch on it a little bit here is... Ezekiel Elliott in his return with the New England Patriots to Dallas to take on the Cowboys this week could there be any bad blood there I don't think anybody's asked him but it looks like he talked to the media yesterday and he just said it might be some emotions going on during the game but never mentioned anything on the side of bad blood or not but yeah it was still a interesting situation that kind of ended things there in Dallas I feel like that what the emotion might be negative emotion.
1: I think for him it it's kind of more of a proving them wrong too situation. Like I do still have something left in the tank, but he hasn't really shown that so far this season. So um, I think he you know he's the backup running back. I don't think it's a huge storyline going in, but it is a storyline. Just the fact that he spent a lot of time in Dallas, he was probably their best offensive player for a good majority of his time there. But I feel like, too, when he left, you know, both sides probably knew, like, this was going to happen based on how Tony Pollard had emerged as their RB1 and really the better running back at this point in his career. So, you know, if Zeke has the opportunity on Sunday to do some good things, uh, he certainly will want to take advantage of those opportunities. But in terms of it being, like, any sort of bad relationship between him in Dallas I feel like it was kind of just like known at this point that hey we got to move on from this guy he's not really our running back one
2: anymore Tony Pollard's taking over that role if he scores a touchdown does he go out to midfield and spike the ball no he jumps in the uh (laughs) he jumps
1: in the thing that he always used to
2: jump in Salvation Army uh, yeah
1: the Salvation Army
2: bucket bucket thing so we'll see but uh that might be one other rivalry to keep an eye on, the one that we'll talk a little bit about tomorrow since it's Friday, and the one that I'll be keeping my eye on, that being Washington and Philly. But that ends this segment here, brought to you by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience by your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Visit HagerstownFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll wrap things up here on the Sports Mix for the final Eight or so minutes talking some Major League Baseball. Now, back to the Sports
0: Mix on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM
1: 740, and TV 10. We welcome you back to the final segment of today's edition of the Sports Mix. Versley and Colin McLaughlin here on the show today. Get into Major League Baseball talk. Colin, the Orioles are one win away from clinching. Hopefully they can get it tonight against the Boston Red Sox.
2: Yeah, this segment brought to you by the merriest group of Prize financial advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. Call them today at 304-263-4343 or stop by 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. But yeah, hopefully, uh I, I said yesterday was going to be clinch-miss, but hopefully today is clinch miss and yesterday was just twas the night before clinch miss
1: yeah Uh good win for them last night five to one over the washington nationals the nats uh you know had some solid games i thought game one josiah gray pitched really well for them yesterday though patrick corbin gave up a home run to rutchman and the orioles continued to rally for w- runs in the game and, and really shut down that nationals offense and the two games overall and on the, season, they overall, sweep the on the
2: season, they sweep the nationals and they almost other than the one run yesterday would have shut them out in all four meetings as well. That was the only run the Nats scored against Baltimore all season long. Wow.
1: Yeah. I didn't realize that, mm-hmm. but overall I think this Orioles pitching staff has been a lot better than people give them credit for, especially the starters. Um, and I think they're starting to find something for a good bullpen for the playoff as well with how John Means has pitched I'm confident enough to throw him out in a playoff
2: game yeah I'm confident enough as well that he could be in that starting rotation to go out there and I've definitely liked because it seemed like a few games ago for this team against Cleveland that the bullpen was just gassed it, it seemed tired they were blown every lead that baltimore had in games it seemed like and that really hurt the orioles they got the day of rest and after that these two games and even the last game against cleveland your starters have went out there and for the most part went seven plus innings i think only yesterday even though it was a win uh rodriguez still went out there and went five and a third so didn't really have to go too much into the bullpen but one win away from clinching the AL East, getting the number one seed in the American League, which means home field for the playoffs up until the World Series, and then one win away from hundred as well.
1: Yep. So would be pretty cool to clinch it on the one hundred victory. Um, whether that comes, you know, tomorrow or the next day. Um, I think they have a chance obviously tonight. Dean Kramer's gonna get the start against Chris Sale. Sale hasn't been as good as he once was, so it's a winnable game Boston though always a tough opponent I'm sure they don't want to be the ones to lose to the Orioles to let them clinch the AL East even though they are I think eliminated at this point yes but you know it's a rivalry matchup and of course there's great history between the Orioles and the Red Sox so it should be uh, a great night to be at Camden Yards and hopefully the Orioles can get it done
2: yeah hopefully it will be uh interesting if The Orioles at least get one, not only do they clinch, but they also, I believe, become the first team in MLB history to never be swept in a season, or I think the last time that's happened is a long time ago. I'll double-check here, but definitely a good four-game series on hand
1: yep definitely looking forward to it also history yesterday in major league baseball's ronald acuna became the first player to start a new club the 40, 40 70 club 40 home runs 70 stolen bases in a season never has been done beef and that's a very impressive number or two numbers i guess to put up that in a season i mean to have the power to hit 40 home runs and the speed to hit seven or to steal 70 bases is pretty unreal ronald Acuna jr looking like the ml the national league mvp this year
2: yeah he's had a great season and doing so i believe in the ninth inning he actually tied the game and then stole and then i think hit the walk off in the 10th so impressive being a part now of the only member in what you will now call a forty seventy club. So Braves are playing good. They look to be the favorites, either them or the Dodgers, coming out of the NL.
1: Yeah, I think it's – I mean, the NL is going to be tough, I think, as well as the AL. Baseball's you know, a sport where upsets can happen if a team is just, you know, heating up from a pitching perspective. So – the Braves do look like the overall favorites in baseball. By this the year. way,
2: speaking of the Braves, it looks like from what I've found, they might be a team that never got swept in a full season, I think in two thousand four it looks like. Interesting. So, correction there from what I said uh earlier about the Orioles. But being still a long time still, since it's happened. It's a great accomplishment.
1: Yeah. And the Orioles are I think on like the longest streak. Potentially.
2: One of the, I believe, yeah. Which, I mean, hey, you never know. It could end still. They still got to beat Boston, but they're on the verge of it.
1: Right. And, of course, you know, the Braves are sitting at 102 wins, so probably not catching them for the number one, but it could happen if they were to slip up in these last few games the number one
2: overall season. Yeah, the Braves would have to lose out, and the Orioles would have to sweep uh, Boston. Because right. the O's have four games left, and I believe Atlanta only has, I think three left. I'm not a hundred percent positive. They might also have four left. I think but it is three. They got two against the Nationals, so um, I don't think the Braves are going to lose out. Sorry. They got three against the Nationals. Oh, three. Okay, so yeah, they're not going to lose. Or four. Out. One against Chicago, and then three. Okay. For four yeah. games left, so. Yeah. Yeah, you're right yep so oh well um still though great season uh wild card though is heating up yeah it is um as we get ready to wrap things up
1: the phillies have secured a wild card spot in the nl the diamondbacks have a two-game lead cubs are in there as well as the marlins reds technically the padres and giants as well and then in the american league Tampa's pretty much got it locked up as one of the spots, Toronto, Houston, Seattle, all fighting for the other spots.
2: So that'll wrap things up here on today's edition of the Sports Mix. Tonight on Talk Radio WRNR, we have the Neil Brown Coaches Show. No volleyball tonight on TV 10. Football, though, starts tomorrow. But for Nick Ferzolini, I'm Colin McLaughlin signing off here. This is WRNR Martinsburg and TV 10.